So it's a little bit different again this Sunday just because of uh, the handful of people that are here live, uh, but good to see those of you who are in here, and I trust everybody's feeling good and uh, that the Lord's protective hedge is over all of us. So today, I just wanted to begin this little series, if you want to call it that. This is part one of Fasting in Prayer. And I, I said this last week, uh, fasting is not something that the modern church does a lot of, right? And yet, it's something that I feel much needed. I wanted to begin by saying that this is one of those things that I believe the Lord uh, leaves up to his church. There is a mandate to pray. We're told to pray. That's something all of us should do as a believer in Jesus Christ. However, the fasting part is optional, all right? It's voluntary. And before I, I just let that go, let me just say this. The early church, they fasted all the time. I mean all the time. In fact, they had to be told to eat because they, they wanted that much of God because they knew that fasting just drew them closer to the Holy Spirit. And they saw great things happen as a result of it, you know, through their ministries, in their families, and so on. So fasting is extremely important, and that's what I want to talk about today. Why would the Lord leave fasting up to us? You know, that's a, that's a good question to ask, I think. Perhaps it is just to show how serious you and I are about our relationship with the Lord. You know, there are really only two things that evidence that God is with us and that he's our Lord. The first is what Pastor Barb just did. And I'm talking physical evidence, all right? When you give, it's a physical act. You see what you're giving. And I tell people, if you want to see how much you trust the Lord, just check your bank account. See how much you're giving on a regular basis, whether it be to the Lord or as you give out of yourself. To, to others, to help the kingdom purpose. The second is praying and fasting. When we have prayer, I'd like to see this place full. And I recognize that sometimes you can't do the work, but that's not everybody. And, and often when we have prayer times, we're blessed to have 10% of the church show up. And my question is, where are the other 90%? Are you hearing me today? And I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm just saying, this is another area where you can tell where your heart is. Are you really committed to the cause of Christ? Are you really committed to seeing His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? I believe fasting shows our due diligence, our willingness to sacrifice on this spiritual journey. Fasting is a sacrifice. When you give something up that you really like, and I'm going to share a little bit later from a book that I, I just latched on to, but in it, this man said, this pastor said, listen, he said, when I eat, I eat to eat. So eating's not a big deal. You know, like it's not the steak and potatoes for him. But he said every night he sits down and he has a bowl of ice cream and he maybe tops it off with a cookie. And, I mean, he's talking my language, right? If you know me. Ice cream and cookie, that, that's my 
Yeah, I like that stuff. And he said, so how would I honor God more? By giving up that meal during the day or by giving up my ice cream and cookie? And in his mind, it's the ice cream and cookie, just so I get that out. (laughs) Because that's his sacrifice. So when you fast, it should be a sacrifice. All right? Got it? Pretty easy? All right. I want to read today from Mark 9. I'm going to start with uh, verse 14. And this, this is, you probably are familiar with the story uh, where the father brings his son to the Lord and uh, the boy, he's, just, he, he's been getting the daylights beat out of him by a demon. We don't see this real often in America today. But this happens all over the globe today, yet today, okay? This isn't something that was just Old Testament, or I'm sorry, during Jesus' times. This happens still today. Young people, old people, they're filled with demons, and they still need to be delivered today. But I'm not going there. That's not my message, all right? So there is a contest that's taking place here between good and evil. And these two forces are fighting each other. And, and this dad, this loving dad, brings his son to the Lord's disciples, to his followers, and, and he says to them, look, this demon, he keeps throwing them down on the ground, and then he starts frothing all over the place, and even worse, can you help him? Now, what would any well-meaning disciple of the Lord do? He's going to pray for him, right? And apparently that's what the disciples did. They tried to exercise the demon out of the boy, but to no avail. Now, the, the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders who were there at the time, they were watching all this, and of course, when it didn't happen, what do you think they did? They jumped on the moment. Oh, see, you don't have any authority. You don't have the right to cast demons out of people. Only God can do that. And they started this argument with the Lord's disciples. There was a real tussle that went on between the kingdom of hell and the kingdom of God. Hear this. Whenever the church does anything, all right, I don't care what it is, if you're doing it for the Lord, it's always placed under a magnifying glass, it's scrutinized. They want to see God in it or what? or they're going to blast you into the middle of next week. No matter how good a believer's intentions are, if there are no visible results, the enemy will pounce and say, See, you followers of Christ, you don't have any more power than we do. They refuse to admit that Christ was God. And that's the case here. What they were really saying, they weren't attacking the disciples. They were saying, see, they don't have any power. And they were insinuating that Jesus didn't either. But this is why we must press into the Father's heart. Before we go out and we try to do these miraculous signs and wonders, we have to have God in us. His Holy Spirit has to, be filled, has to have had filled us up so that we know that we've got it before we try to do it. 
And this is where praying and fasting come in. We get ourselves in that place where our faith is so strong, so fired up, that nothing that comes against us is going to defeat us. Listen to this, though. Distracted faith is no faith at all. Can you say that with me? Distracted faith is no faith at all. And that's what happened here. These men got their eyes off of their king and onto what they were doing. Jesus, a bit perplexed by all of this, he asked the dad, he said, all right, tell me, what's going on here with your boy? And the dad told Jesus that this demon had tormented him from the time he was young. And he wouldn't let the boy talk, so he was mute. And whenever the boy tried to speak, the demon would throw him down on the ground and, and make him do this. And, and we see that today in the sense of someone who's epileptic. Now, I'm not saying that that's a demon. Hear me clearly on that. But in this case, that's what was happening, and it was clearly defined as a demon. Then the dad threw the disciples under the bus. And I want to tell you something. When you're working for the Lord, people are going to do this to you. He threw the disciples under the bus. In Mark 9, 18, the third part of that, verse C, C, as I call it, the dad said this, he said, So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. I can only imagine how they must have felt at that moment when the man said this to Jesus. They probably felt shame, bewilderment, maybe even weakness. Exercising one's faith is a challenge that each of us needs to master. Can I say that again? Exercising your faith is a challenge that each of us needs to master. Are you still with me? Then in the next verse, Mark 9, 19, Jesus said this, You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring me, bring that boy to me. <laughs> now, some translations here, they, they suggest that this statement by Jesus is pointed at the disciples. However, Jesus was probably speaking not only to the disciples, that part's true, but also to the religious leaders and to the dad. Hear this. If that dad had had the faith, he could have cast that demon out of his son. Do you agree with that? So could the religious leaders, if they had believed. And so could the disciples, if they had believed. The same is true of anyone who has faith. And that was the point that Jesus was making. In the New International Greek Testament commentary, and I, I've got it up behind me, it, it says of this verse, their faithlessness, or the people that Jesus was in front of there, is symptomatic of the wider human condition, as Jesus in his ministry so often encountered it. An unwillingness 
to take God at his word and a horizon limited to merely human possibilities. Now last week I talked about God doing something new in the church. Something outside of the box. And I believe that's what this is talking about. Our horizons are limited by this, by the flesh. But God's saying, look, if you just look up to me, I will show you things that you'll be able to do even greater things than what I did on this earth. Jesus said that to his disciples. You'll do even greater things than I did with the Holy Spirit's help. But it takes faith, my brother. We have to build that faith, my sister. What this means is simple. And I'm not trying to beat anybody up today. I'm just saying. A faithless church is a fruitless church. What does this world need to see today? Believers who believe. We've got to get outside of this skin and start showing them who Jesus really is. It takes courage because you have to believe that he is who he says he is. It takes faith because we have to believe that the word of God will come to pass as it says things will happen. And if we combine those two, you and I are going to be supernatural forces to contend with. And I promise you this, the devil's not going to like us. He doesn't like us now, but he's really not going to like us if we start to energize our faith. Without faith, the church is hopeless and hapless. <laughs> Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that. In my opinion, faith is the catalyst for miracles. Why aren't we seeing miracles in the church today? This is why, right here. Because we are not responding to this by our faith. We're responding to it by our, our own muscles, our own intelligence, by how we see things logically in the human sense. But when you begin to serve God and He pours into you His Holy Spirit, things change because what you see in the natural isn't the same as what He sees in the supernatural. And our job is to, by faith, bring the super into the natural. Do you get that? Does that make sense? Moving on. Mark 9, 20 and following. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. So this is what I was telling you about a little bit earlier. And Jesus said this, he said, how long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Let me read that last part again. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Uh-oh. One word that you don't want to 
throw out to Jesus is if. Never begin your prayers or end your prayers with if. You should know before you even pray. You should know what the Word of God says so that you can stand on those promises and know in your heart that it will come to pass just as you prayed it, as long as you don't have doubt. The dad used the conjunction, if you can. If. Know your options before praying. Now, I want to give this dad a little bit of slack. Because if you're a parent, you understand this. When your child hurts, you hurt, right? We, we want to take their pain. You can't, but you want to. And that's what I believe was happening here. This dad was hurting. For years, he watched as this demon just pummeled his child. As he said, even trying to throw him into the fire or drown him in water. Living with that for a lifetime would be a really, really big challenge. And this dad, certainly, he wasn't any different than we are today. And then Jesus said this, What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. What do you mean, if I can? Can you sense that indignant voice that Jesus is using here? What do you mean, if I can? Do you know who I am? I am. That's what he's saying to this man. Haven't you seen enough? I am. I am God in the flesh. If I can. And then he says, some things are possible for those that believe. What? Oh, all things. Okay, you're right. All things are possible if. Now this is the the right context of this word if. All things are possible if you believe. Why is the church lukewarm today I believe it's because we've become fruitless we no longer operate by faith we look to the government for our source of income rather than God we look to our doctors for our source of healing rather than God and this helps us so we don't have to exercise our faith if you go to one of these Nations that are are maturing, they're growing in their uh, knowledge of the Lord, like South America or Africa. What you'll see is they don't go to the doctors first. Where do they go? They look up. They go to their healer first. Are Are you still, are you tuning me out or are you hearing me, what I'm trying to say here today? It's something that each of us has to make a decision about. Is it easier to go to the doctor? I don't know. Is it easier to go to the government for our source of income? I don't know. Rather than saying, Lord, I've got a need. I need you to fill it. I need you to help me with this. That might mean an increase in my pay. It might mean a new job. It might be 
some other way that he wants to pour into you to make sure that your needs are met according to his riches and glory. But what I'm trying to say here is I think that we have lost this idea of faith. And we've got to get back to it. Because it's impossible to please God without it. Can I get a shout out for Jesus on that? Hallelujah. Now what if the new in 2021 represents a church that is possessed with supernatural faith? A faith that will cripple, perhaps even destroy the works of the enemy, which I believe is what it's intended to do. What if you and I were to to walk in the authority that Jesus Christ gave his church and 2021 would turn out to be a proving ground for you and me so that we could strengthen our faith by works and deeds that bring glory to him, to the Father. I believe that's what we're supposed to do. But how many are willing to do that? Well, you know... I'm not one of them faith guys. Listen, I don't care who you are, you need to be. The, the smallest to the greatest, the greatest to the smallest, and I'm not talking about preachers here. Listen, I've seen little ladies that get on their faces before God more than ministers do. I've seen people praying, and their prayers make a huge difference in the kingdom over anybody else, and they aren't anybody. They're just a person who's caught this. They live their lives by faith. Last week I shared this, be my church. This is what the Lord said to us, be my church. And I put this in, put the fear behind and the faith in front. Be my church, put the fear behind and put the faith in front. Let faith go ahead of you, wherever you're going. In your job, in your workplace, in your school, in your marriage, with your finances. Listen, you know, I look at my, I have a a small investment in what's called the Minister's Benefit Association, MBA for the short term. And I look at that and I I think, Lord, is that going to be enough? And he reminds me, that's not your source. I am. And I have to correct myself and say, forgive me. I need to put my faith in front of me and fear behind. That's what I'm talking about here. Does that, does that make more sense? Do you get that? Hallelujah. Mark 9.24 The Father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Is that an oxymoron? I think it is. Not positive. I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. Apparently I need water. Thank you. Have you ever said that to the Lord? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty easy to get there, isn't it? The father was hurting. 
Lord, I'm trying. In my human self, I'm trying. But help me so that my faith, the size, the Lord said this, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. This man was crying out for just such a miracle. As one commentary said, the sole bridge between frail humanity and the all-sufficiency of God is faith. The sole bridge between frail humanity and the all-sufficiency of God is faith. Where does our faith come from? Our faith comes from God. To have faith is to have God. One of the things we're going to be doing this next two weeks is spending more time than usual seeking Him. Asking Him to be a part of us, a part of our families, our lives, our individual lives. Helping us to hear from Him and see what it is He wants us to see. We have to understand, though, that faith comes from God. And the more time you spend with the Lord, the more faith you're going to have. You realize that whenever Jesus did anything tremendously supernatural, he had just spent time in prayer. This is big. If Jesus had to do it, the Son of God... What makes you think you and I can go out and begin praying for people without that connection? We can't. If we try, you know what's going to happen? We're going to be just like those disciples that we just talked about. My guess is they went out and they prayed for that boy, but they were not prepared. And hear this. There's nothing wrong with you saying to somebody, Listen, give me a little time to pray about this, to get God's heart on this, before you actually pray and expect God to move. Hear from Him before you go laying hands on people. It'll make a difference in your prayer life and in the super coming to the natural. To have faith is to have God. And what I'm saying there is the more time you spend with the Lord, the bigger your faith is going to be. Because that's how our God works. He pours into us when we spend time with Him. So this next two weeks, I'm asking you, I'm asking you on live stream, take this time this next couple weeks and really seek His face and let Him pour into you. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of this child and never... He didn't bargain with this devil. He didn't bargain with him. I've heard, I've heard ministers and people praying for someone who they felt had a demon... I've heard them try to bargain with the devil, and it doesn't work. Jesus commanded that devil to come out in the name, in his name, and it had to come out. And we see that. 
in the next verse. Then the spirit screamed, threw the boy into another violent convulsion, and left him. Now the boy appeared to be dead, and a murmur ran through the crowd as people said, He's dead! He killed him! (laughs) But Jesus took him by the hand, and he helped him up to his feet, and the boy stood up. Now I can promise you that Jesus was feeling good about this time because he was probably looking at those religious leaders who were just contesting that he didn't have the authority. And what he's saying after it happened, after the miracle took place, what it it was saying about him was, this is God, and yes, he has the authority to cast out demons. Hallelujah. As this passage reveals Jesus did what his disciples could not do because they doubted. Now for the answer to our original query, let's read the next two verses. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast that evil spirit out? Or cast out that evil spirit. Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer. Now I want you to see something here. And this is one of those areas with the the Bible that we all have to just kind of come into agreement that it it doesn't really change a lot. But the, the newer translations, like the NLT, which this is, it just uses the word by prayer. However... In some of the older versions, like the New King James, it says this. It says, this kind can come out by nothing but, what? Prayer and fasting. So what's the, why would one just have prayer, the other one has prayer and fasting? Listen, they're both correct. Early manuscripts have about an equal number of both. So, do we know absolutely which way it should go? Probably not. However, we know because the early church, as I've, and I've said this already, the early church fasted all the time, so I know that they believed in it. And maybe that's why they didn't add it, because everybody knew that you also had to fast along with prayer. But either way, the New King James does include it, so I'm leaning on this one, all right? This is where I'm going with it. That prayer and fasting are needed if you really want the power of God to supernaturally charge you up. Can I get an amen? Amen. Prayer is essential in all believers' lives. Fasting is something that the church has done for generations, centuries. And it should be a a vital aspect of every believer's spiritual life. By denying the body of food, and I'm talking for a short season or a predetermined season, it allows a man's spirit to connect to the supernatural side of God in new and powerful ways. Now, I've I've never fasted where I didn't, at the end of it, feel closer to the Lord. Never. It does something. 
I've said this before. Do I like to fast? You know, Sunday mornings, uh, I don't eat. Saturdays, when I'm preparing, typically I will skip a meal or two until I'm certain that I have the heart of God. Why do I do that? Because I like not to eat? Well, that ought to be obvious. No, I like to eat. The reason I do it is because I really do want to hear from him. You people are important to me. And what the Holy Spirit is saying to his church today, I don't want to miss it. I want to make sure that I'm saying what he wants me to say so that you'll be prepared for what's coming in 2021 and beyond. And if I miss it, unless you're listening to a multitude of other sermons, which you might be, and and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, listen to other preachers. That's a good thing. And I think what you'll notice often is the Holy Spirit saying similar things to all of the ministers at the same time. Maybe not exactly the same, but very close. So I fast so that I can hear clearly from the Lord. And I'm asking you folks to do the same. Make this a year of sacrifice. And I'm not saying to to do this indefinitely, and and we're going to talk more about that. I'm just saying, when you begin to sacrifice food and other things, which I'll get into, you're going to see a connection with the Lord that you haven't had. Some of you ever. Why do we fast? We fast for clarity or direction. How many could use some of that right now? By an upraised hand. Yeah. I'm in that. I raise both as the leader of this church. We fast to show that we have control of the body. The body should not control the spirit. The spirit should control the body. And this last one, we fast to get the heart or the mind of God. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about this a lot more as, I, as we go into this year. But one of the things that God has really been pressing on me is everybody needs to understand what they're made for. What's your purpose? And I'm going to help you with that. But while we fast and pray, or pray and fast this next two weeks, What I want you, one of the things I want you to ask the Lord is, Lord, what do you want me to do in 2021? What's my purpose? That's one of the key questions I'd like you to ask. I just landed on this recently, and this is the ice cream pastor. His book, it's titled, Better Health Through Fasting for Body, Soul, and Spirit by the Reverend James Ray. And he said this, he said, there are those times when we know we are entrenched in a deep, dark spiritual warfare. Sounds like 2020 to me. And it will take the supernatural power of a resurrected Savior to win this battle for us. And we turn to fasting in addition to our prayer. That's pretty good stuff. 
and all of us should practice it. A little bit later, he went on and he said this. He said, fasting with prayer gives us the supernatural power to use the spiritual authority that has already been given to us through the cross of Calvary and the shed blood of Jesus Christ for us as heirs with him and in him. As a child of God, the Lord has given you that authority. And in order to activate the supernatural in your life, it takes prayer and fasting. That's what he has proven in his book. And I'm not going to read any more from that, but I just wanted you to hear that part. I might share a little bit more next week. So we need to pray, His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We need to take our place alongside those, that great cloud of witnesses that we read about in uh, Hebrews chapter 12. We need to take our place alongside of them. What did they do? As Hebrews 11 said, they lived their lives by faith. Abraham believed that God was going to provide some kind of a sacrifice other than his son. Otherwise, it would have been a cruel trick on God's part, wouldn't it? If he'd had to sacrifice his firstborn. But the Lord did provide. A ram was found in the thicket. And the angel prevented Abram from taking out his son Isaac. That's the kind of God we serve. Those are the kind of people that went ahead of us. When the Lord said, I'm taking you into the promised land, how many believed? Twelve men went into that promised land, the land of Canaan. Twelve men were invited to go in and see what God was going to do for them. Ten men came back without faith, doubting that God would do or be able to do what he did. They're giants. They make us look like little grasshoppers. What do you do to grasshoppers? They were afraid. But, two of them, Joshua and Caleb, (laughs) they came back supercharged. Are you kidding me? The grapes were like this. All right, they were probably embellishing a little bit. But that's how strong their faith was. We will be able to take this land because God is giving it to us. And they believed. How many men went into the promised land out of those 12? Two. The Lord is challenging us in this new year, 2021. Are you going to live by faith? Or are you going to live in fear? Are you going to start looking up when you have a need? Or are you going to keep looking out? I believe that he has something supernatural for us. But we have to exercise our faith. 
Go back and read Hebrews 11.1, 1, which gives us the definition of faith. I want you to meditate on that this week. Would you take me to the last slide? I'm going to skip over the fasting, the different parts of it this week, mainly because we're not all here. And so those of you who are at home, uh, just hang on. We're, we're going to come back to this in another week, and, and I've got more for you. Go, yeah, I've got it. Let's see, I think I wanted this one. Here's what I want you to do this next week, and we're going to pray together Wednesdays and Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30. But we're not doing it together this week, okay? We're not doing it live. We're going to do it in our own homes, wherever you find yourself, if you're able. If you're not working, uh, or if you are, if you can take a few minutes, just join us in this. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down what you want from the Lord. And remember what James said. He said, you ask, you have not because you ask not. And what, what you ask, you ask with the wrong motive. So make sure that your motives are right. Make sure that, uh, and I just saw somebody grab their camera. You know, if, if you're at home, just take your, your camera, if you're not using it to watch this, and just take a picture of this, then you'll have it and, and you won't lose it. Or you can write it down. Write down what you want from the Lord first. Second, write down what he's speaking to you. This is so important. What does he want you to do in 2021 and beyond? What's your purpose? Oh, I can't wait to get into this this, this year. You see, the church, we, we've gotten this in our heads that the important people are the ones that are standing here behind the pulpit. This is where the real calling comes from. Preacher of God. Not so. The real faith, the real call takes place out there in the business world. In the marketplace, in the school, on the streets. You're the ones God uses. If you observe where Jesus did his healings, very few were in the temple. In fact, usually when he was in the temple, it was not a good thing like when he flipped the tables on the money changers. Usually what you'll see is where those miracles took place, it was always in the streets or at somebody's wedding reception, or what have you. What that tells me is, God wants to use all of us. But we've got to use our faith. And to use our faith, we've got to understand, what is it that God wants me to do? What's my purpose for the kingdom? And hear this, if you get this, and I'm not saying you're going to get it this week, or even next. This may be, I, I've known people it's taken their lifetime to figure out what God wanted them to do. But I believe this with all my heart, that if you will pursue the Lord and ask, He will honor that. And He will begin to show you what you're supposed to do next. 
Sometimes they're going to be little baby steps. All right? We don't all leap 10-foot bounds. Sometimes God has us take those little steps because if we go too far, it's going to be too much and you're going to have failure. So don't despise small beginnings. Big things come from little things. We talked about this at Christmas, didn't we? God sent a little baby to save the world. The Jewish leaders thought it was going to be an army of people following a king. Well, there was a king, but he was just this itty-bitty-bitty-bitty little baby in a manger. (laughs) God has a sense of humor. And he'll do the same with us if we'll give him the opportunity. So I'm going to close right here. This week, Wednesday, 5.30 to 6.30, add these two things. Get your camera back out. Take a picture of that. Can we agree on these two things? And next Sunday, I'll I'll give you uh, what we're going to pray for Sunday night. But if all of us would agree, and and those of you who are watching on live stream, if, if we'll agree that hurting people like this dad we read about today, that they'll experience God's grace and his presence. You know, there's something about having Jesus just show up next to you that changes you. These people need to sense the presence of God, and I believe we can usher that in if we will. If we only pray and fast. Second, ask God to tell you your purpose. Ask him for that. And again, be patient. If it doesn't come, don't beat yourself up. Don't say, oh, I'm not spiritual enough. Let God be God. Just trust him. In fact, I think that's the key that we trust him. Whether he shows you immediately or not, just trust that he will. It's coming. Say that to yourself if you have to. Lord, I know it's coming. Show me my purpose. What do you want me to do? in 2021 and following. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, again, we are humbled to be here today in your presence. And even though there's only a handful, wherever two or more agree on anything, Lord, the Bible says it will be. And we also understand that you are here with us today, guiding your church as only you can. And Lord, I pray for everyone that's listening today and those who tune in later on the archive messages. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to have a supernatural faith that only you can give us. Lord, help us to grow our faith bigger and stronger than it's ever been before. And I know what that means. There are going to be times when it's tested. And I pray more than not, Lord, that we pass that test. As you take us through the fires of life, burning off all that isn't necessary, Lord, I pray that you would just be glorified in and through us, your people, the people of the hope, our families. And Lord, today, we ask that you would put a covering over each of us as we begin these two weeks of prayer and fasting. 
Lord, help us to pray this week. Help us to really press in and hear from you. And that we would come out this next week bigger and better as believers, as followers of Jesus than ever before. And Lord, that we'd have testimonies of how you've moved in our lives. We love you and we commit this church, this people into your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. So that concludes today's message. Uh, Get back into the fasting part next week. By the way, there are health benefits to fasting, which you're going to hear about next week. And and why am I putting this off? Because I want to do it justice. And you looked like you were falling asleep on me, so I'm... No, you weren't. You weren't. Some of you weren't. Some of you were. All right. Love you. God bless you. See you next Sunday.